And now, here's your host, 10-year-plus comedic financial speaker, author, and executive speaking coach, Colin Ryan. Hello. It's good to be with you. I hope life is treating you well. I've had the pleasure of working with a few people lately around the way we share our pitch, our elevator pitch. And I wanted to talk to you about that because it seems like almost every day, isn't it? When you meet someone and they say, what do you do? And you're kind of like, (laughs) how much time do you have? You know, you have all these things that you want to share. And that's, that's wonderful. You have passion, you have expertise, you have experience in this. The challenge comes with what are the words that I choose in order to get this across? How do I convey this to people? The pitch is seen as this very businessy, must have, must do kind of a thing. And it, I think the danger there is very quickly we stop looking at it like an opportunity, right? When you stop looking at it as an opportunity, you're going to get into this situation where it just doesn't have the same personality, the same, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't hold the excitement that you hold for it. So let me show you how we took someone's pitch from good to great, went from fine to where the listener feels it. The founder and creator of a fascinating video library of content to help young people make better decisions around their health. I mean, she's got social media, she's got great messaging, she's got really interesting and videos, great science, great knowledge. She's pitching this to funders to get them on board so she can put this in every school in her state. So we start working together and she's sending me pages and pages of beautifully written, almost prose. You know, you can hear her passion as she tries to describe what she's doing. She sends me this long email message that she would send to prospects. And there's a PDF attachment that's actually called More Info, which is it's kind of funny, you know, when you look at it from my lens as an outsider, because doesn't this represent all of us? We have so much to say, so much we want to get across. And it just (laughs) it's like just overwhelming. And it's not just overwhelming to listeners, overwhelming to you because you start to get stressed out by what am I supposed to say? One of the great things about working with a coach is that a coach does not, how do I put this kindly, doesn't really give a crap about what you do. <laughs> and not from a mean place, but just like, I don't know you, you know, and, and you're borrowing a few minutes of my brain in this attention economy, you know, hyper short attention span economy. And so I'm not saying make it good, like this isn't auditioning for Juilliard, but make it relevant, make it make sense. So when you create your pitch, you want to keep a few elements involved in it. Certainty, clarity, transparency, and trust. We need to believe you. We need to know exactly what you're conveying. We need to connect to you in an authentic way. And we need to know that your expertise will get the job done. Certainty, clarity, transparency, and trust. So in this person's challenge, clarity was really the really the the barrier because she had so much content. So what I'm getting at is I took a look at all of this stuff. We got into our first session and I had given her a pre-work exercise, which was, you know, write out all your pitch 
And then I said, now, just as an ex- as an exercise, as a, as a game, pretend you're telling it like a story. I gave her some prompts about herself. When did she first start to care about this? Why does it matter to her that young people make better choices? We got on the session. She had a few ideas. And I asked her that question again. And she said, well, uh, it makes me think of the time that I was arrested in middle school for skateboarding on the roof of my school. What? I am immediately invested. Did you feel that? You know, in all of these data points and stats, when she tells that, I'm like, I see you as a person. I want to know more. She tells this amazing story. I'm going to paraphrase it for you. Um, you know, not a lot of people knows about me, but I was arrested in middle school for skateboarding on the roof of my school. There was this spot that had been hit with a lot of graffiti and there was kind of a bad element around. And I clearly had started to get involved with the wrong crowd, which quickly led me to being in the wrong place at the wrong time because these, uh, this spot was being watched by the police. So we're up there on the, the roof, you know, we're not doing any damage, we are skateboarding and uh, the officers roll up in their patrol cars and they take us and put us in the cars and take us to the police department. And the officer, an officer puts me in a different room from the other people. And I remember I was wearing a black t-shirt with red roses and it said, a touch of class. <laughs> Ironic. The officer looked at me and he said, I want you to know that I don't think you belong here. I don't think you belong with these people. You were respectful to us. There's just something about you. You just seem like this is not who you're supposed to be. And they all got let off with a warning and her dad came and picked her up. And it was a pin drop quiet ride home. And when she was home, her dad told her that the officer, this big intimidating guy, had actually told the exact same thing. She's not, she doesn't belong in this room with this group of people. There's more for her. And this woman says that that officer in that moment was really instructive. It helped her understand that there, as a young person, there's a lot of things you can't control, but what you can always do is take responsibility for your decisions. You know, we all need someone like this officer in our life in order to intervene and to show us that we were meant for more. Now I'm paraphrasing that, but you know, you can do that story in a minute. And doesn't it give you that feeling of, I know this person, they're funny, they're self-deprecating. And it intrigues me to want to know, connect the dots for me. Why did this lead you to the work that you do? Wow. Tell me that. And, and what is the, what is it that you offer? Oh, we have videos, we have all this stuff and it's great content. So you're intriguing me instead of impressing me. There you go. There's a quotable. Most elevator pitches are designed to impress and they fail to intrigue. Here's the problem with being impressed. So what? I'm impressed by a lot of things all day, every day. There's information flowing everywhere. The question is, what am I going to do in response? Because if I move on to the next thing, then your impressive pitch meant nothing. But if you intrigue me to ask questions, to see how I can get involved, to see how it can benefit my kids, to see how it can benefit my community, okay. So so this is thinking of a pitch more as, how do I get you into a conversation and I can tailor it and message it to you 
as opposed to just avalanche you with a bunch of great information. I love that. I'm so glad I got to share that with you because, you know, we could both feel the chills in this session when we we got to that story. So next time you get the opportunity to share your pitch, I encourage you to play a little bit and let go of some of that self-induced pressure to impress them and instead start to pay attention to what you are saying that intrigues them. And I would love to know what you're coming up with and what you're noticing. You can always reach out to me and I will happily help you get there.